Welcome to another edition of our on-air series for the 2020 City Business Festival. This week, we're trying to understand what to do in a pandemic as a business. How do you reshape your thinking, re-strategize, so you don't only survive, but thrive during a pandemic. And today, our discussion is really around business continuity planning or keeping your business alive during a crisis. And we're privileged to have the Director for Business Banking at our major sponsor, APSA Bank Ghana, Grace Enin. She's going to help us think through the subject. Grace, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard, and thank you. It's good to have you. How are you doing? I am excellent by the grace of God. How are you? I'm blessed and highly favored. So you are the director of business banking for APSA. What does that actually mean? So what it actually means is that I look after the unit that takes care of SMEs, Mm -hmm. medium businesses, and moderately large local businesses. So we span across... Mm -hmm. Um, the very small entities all the way through to the medium and fairly large-sized um, local companies. Mm. I noticed that when I talk to bankers and we discuss business, they seem to know a lot about what different companies have to do to survive. Why is that? Is it because you guys have worked in those companies before or is it because you have to give them money, you are forced to learn about what they do? Bernard, it's interesting that you ask that question. Primarily because I firmly believe Mm -hmm. that as banks, we are a means to an end, not an end in itself. Customers come for us to partner them so that they can achieve their ambitions or their goals. Mm -hmm. In that process, if you want to be effective, you've got to be able to understand your customer's business. It is only when you understand their business that you can give them the right solutions to meet their needs. Mm. That's why you, you are so you are constantly learning, trying to understand. Then you can help the bank, the, the companies better. Absolutely. Great. My goal today is to try and understand what companies can do, particularly smaller ones, to not just survive the kind of disruption we're seeing, but to thrive. First point, how massive is what we're seeing in, I don't know, whether compared to historical times or whatever. You've done a lot of banking. Have you seen anything like this? I mean, I'm not that old, um, <laughs> but to be honest, I couldn't have imagined this. I mean, the global scale, the impact on our local country, this is way beyond anything humanity has seen before. And I think the impact is also escalated because of globalization. Mm. We had all become so very tightly connected. Trade routes you know, were converging, so... The, the world had become a much smaller place, and so the rate of impact on this has on, on, on communities has been significant. Mm. So I want to know how businesses can thrive in a time of crisis. How are you going to approach this, and what areas do you think you would be looking at? I think there's a whole myriad of elements that you could look at, mm-hmm. you know, and different strokes would work for different types of businesses. But generally, I think to keep this conversation simple, I'll just focus on four areas that we can look at. So leadership is a big piece here um, in times of crisis. How you re-strategize your business or pivot would be the second element. And then cash flow. You know, cash is the breath of a business, you know. So how you handle your cash flows in these times will also go a long way to determine how you survive. And then maybe finally, um, looking at the value that you bring 
to 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 your customers or whatever business model mm. you run mm. those four and throughout those four there'll be elements of digitization as well are there any particular order so if you want your business to survive a crisis is there a starting point i think the starting point is you mm. what are you seeing mm-hmm. what are you observing and based on the observations how are you reorienting yourself what decisions are you taking and after the decisions what actions or steps are you taking to be able to make sure imagine that this is a wave how are you riding the wave mm. you know so in no particular order it really depends on the kind of business you're running and what the crisis means to you are you in a sector where there's absolutely nothing you can do you just need to buckle down and wait it over are you in a sector where you can pivot and begin to supply some of the things that are in demand? Um, Are you in a sector where you can tap into an ecosystem that is still thriving so you can keep your business alive? So you need to be able to look at all these factors to make the decision on where you will emphasize. But in all of this, you've got to be able to lead yourself Mm. and lead your team. So let's talk about leadership. What is leadership's responsibility in a time like this? So in times like this, you've got to be very clear and Mm -hmm. informed. Mm -hmm. So what it means is that, I mean, think about how this thing started. In the beginning, they said it couldn't be airborne. The next moment is airborne. I mean, so much has happened now. I even heard the latest that is no longer a virus, it's a bacteria. I mean, like, you can't quite figure this thing out, you know. So you need to make sure that you are informed and educated about what is happening around you as much as possible based on that information one how you hold yourself in check because we're all human and this thing is terrifying so how do you make sure that you stay balanced and you yourself are not disoriented beyond that as a business owner as an entrepreneur you may have employees working with you you've got to be able to show them leadership that leadership also includes empathizing with them recognizing the risks they Mm -hmm. face and how you can support them in this time if the nature of your work is such that all your employees have to come to work is there a way you can support them so you reduce the risk of exposure you know i had a client who actually housed some of his employees in a safe house way before lockdown i I was quite impressed you know but what are the things you can do as a leader of your business to keep your people safe and help them from taking unnecessary risks Mm. and not you know transferring the problem it's very interesting you use leadership as against management because management would appear to be Obeying rules is more sort of backward-looking. Leadership is looks as a blank sheet. Any reason why you chose leadership and not management in a time of crisis? So in a time of crisis, one of the things about the situation is that you don't know what's going to happen next. A, a lot of things can change in a very short time window. Mm. If all you are doing is using a management approach, it means every time your team has to wait to hear instructions from you before they know what to do. You may not have that much time. So it's important that you drive the leadership and also help them to also become leaders. Because when you build leaders, your, your business even has a greater chance of success mm. than when you just build. Interesting. Um, so educate yourself, leverage your team, invest in communication. But then also in terms of yourself, you said it starts with you, which means the leader has to manage themselves, I guess, within this period. Yes. Why is that important? It is important because, you know, uncertainty can create a state of confusion. And so if you are not intentional about how you manage yourself, Mm. it can even filter through other areas unconsciously. 
your customer can call you and you'll be telling the customer how you scared you are and what, 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 when there's a business opportunity waiting for you. You know, so managing yourself, knowing exactly what the risks are and putting mitigants in place so that you can continue to focus on what is important to you. Mm. Let's talk about this word which has become very popular these days, pivoting. I think you, you use the word re-strategizing, but I've heard a lot of people sort of say we are pivoting, we are pivoting. What is that and why is it important in these times? So basically what it means pivoting is taking a look at your game plan. You know, when we started January, there were snippets of COVID hanging around, but nobody knew it would, you know, come to this proportion. After all, SARS has come and gone. So nobody imagined that it would get to this point, to the point where quite a number of countries have even gone into various versions of lockdown, to a point where there was panic buying because you didn't know what's going to happen next and whether you're going to have enough stock to take care of your household. Now, in a time like this, Mm -hmm. it's important that you look at your business model and it's important that you assess, one, whether you can continue to operate in the same mode you have been operating. You may be delivering a critical service, but can you continue to deliver that service in that same mode? Maybe you're a pharmaceutical company. You have a pharmacy or pharmacy shops. Do you want every Tom, Dick and Harry walking into the pharmacy? Or do you create a window where you can serve customers at the right levels of social distancing? That's a very simple example of pivoting. Beyond that, maybe you produce ethanol for the alcoholic beverage industry. Hand sanitizers were short in supply. Do you see an opportunity to begin to supply that to manufacturers of hand sanitizers? You would still make money. Your business would still thrive. So pivoting basically is looking at what solution am I offering today? How can I leverage on it? You are in the tourism industry. You've got a hotel. There's a ban on public gatherings. Borders are closed. There's no travel. There's no conferences. What do you do? Are you in a space where your business can pivot to become a safe house or what do they call that um, where they keep um, isolation isolation centers? Mm. You know, is there a specific segment of the of your business that could use your services at this time, and could you pivot to meet that need? Mm. Because every crisis is also an opportunity. Wow! So part of pivoting is seeing opportunities, exactly imagining possibilities within the space, and then it, it, it appears to me this is not just what you produce, but how you do it. And who you do it for. So it's not just the what, but the hand, the who as well, right? Exactly, Bernard. So it's about what you do, but it's also how and who you serve, you know. And um, you know at APSA Bank, we believe in bringing possibilities to life. So if you had a restaurant and all your clients were coming into your restaurant and now they are not comfortable to come, do you have a model where you can actually, they can order and you can deliver to them at competitive prices? Are there other outlets by which you can advertise your service such that even somebody who's not your client can reach out to you? What does that mean? You would actually be growing your customer base in a time of difficulty. Your business can grow depending on how you pivot to take advantage of the opportunities that the crisis presents. In pivoting, are you thinking about a permanently new business model? Or you're saying we're trying to sort of Write this out until things come back to normal. Just to talk to me a bit about the the the, the f- uh, time frame within which this type of pivoting should be considering. 
To be honest, it really depends on the industry that you're in. Mm-hmm. So, for example, somebody has a factory producing non-essential stuff, but that had a market before the crisis. Mm-hmm. During the crisis, the market is not there. So you've got latent resources because you're not producing as much. Another entity needs factory space to be able to produce face masks, for example. Can you go into a collaboration where your latent resources, which were not generating any cash flows, can actually be used to produce something and you make some money whilst you're riding this thing out? Take the, uh, again, I'll just use the tourism industry and I really empathize with the players in that industry because it's one of the really hardest Mm -hmm. hit areas, you know. I mean, obviously, if it is an isolation center, that cannot be your long-term game plan. Hopefully, COVID will pass and you will need to be able to revert to your, 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 your former business model. So, it really depends on the industry. Some can find a new business opportunity that will last after COVID. Mm-hmm. But there will be some business opportunities that are here today, but will not be here post-COVID. You people who give money to companies, when we come to you with ideas and we say, oh, there's an opportunity here. You typically tend to say, well, that may be a great idea, but is there a market for it? Do you have a proven track record in there? Now, does that thinking change in a crisis period? So if I came to you and said, look, the people need a certain kind of food, but because of COVID, they can't go out and buy it. I'm going to get five motorbikes. I'm going to brand them. And I'm going to supply that type of thing to them. There's a gap in the market. But you're going to ask me, Bernard, is there a market in that gap? That will buy. So walk, walk me through what I should be thinking about so that opportunity is not just opportunity, but it's actually a viable, proven opportunity that will not actually let me lose money. Thank you, Bernard. I like your use of the word viable. Mm. You know, and, and I'll take it from this angle. So ideas are brilliant and they abound. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at business ideas, there are 1,001 ideas every day check the ratio of how many of them actually survive. And there are a number of reasons. The idea has to be firmly grounded, first of all. Secondly, you know, the tendency to decide that you are using a loan to start everything you want to do is very high in our, in our society. And, you know, that usually gets us into trouble. Why? Because it's other people's money. Remember, I said at the beginning that a bank is a means to an end, not an end in itself. It's other people's money we're giving to you there's got to be an assurance that you're going to pay it back. Okay, first of all. So once you've crossed that hurdle on your capability, your understanding of the business opportunity and the scale at which you want to start, that's the other element. Mm -hmm. Most people don't want to start small. They want to start with 100 bikes from day one. Now, which business grows like that? No, but I'll give an example. So somebody came to me and said, look, I buy this cereal, this grain, that I usually give to, um, I think, one of the beer companies. And then just around when COVID started, there was this huge need for a lot of it. So he needed probably about five times the amount of money he used regularly because the, the maize was on the farms. The people were looking for it. His farmers were ready. He didn't have the money. Okay. Now, if such a person comes to you, he does maybe 10 tons every month, his turnover is 50,000. He needs six times that. Okay. Because there's an opportunity that has come. He wants to pivot. He was supplying the maize to secondary schools, but now a beer manufacturing company wants it. He's never done deal with the beer guys. If this person comes to you in a flux moment like this, what are some of the things you would ask the person to for them to qualify for the 300,000 
because they, they only deal with 50,000 every month. Now they want 300,000. What would you ask me? I've come to you with this problem. So first of all, obviously, your proven track record of being able to actually supply whatever your market was. Yes. And I like your example. Schools are no longer in session, but you've got another alternative of an outlet and they want it. Now, if you had a contract, I wouldn't bat an eye. I would support you. So we have a solution that we call Enterprise Supply Chain Development, where we're working with entrepreneurs, regardless of your skill. Once you are able to get or secure a contract, we are able, and we have in many cases, actually provided support, and we grow with you. Because we have only one measure of success in Absa Bank, Mm -hmm. and that's growth. And it's not just growth for the bank, it's growth for our customers. So if I didn't have a contract, that's the end of my, my life. So if you didn't have a contract, you've got to have assurance that you're going to get paid. We've got outlets. For example, um, we've got the Gersal and the Ghana Commodity Exchange where, for example, they purchase your commodity and we can discount the invoices for you. One of the biggest challenges in this market has been the assurance of your market. You understand? Because you can have a market in theory. But it's very different from marketing practice. Also because of your ability to deliver to the quality that is required. Mm. Once you are able to deliver to the quality that is required and you have a proven track record, we have solutions that help you. The enterprise supply chain mm. is just to facilitate Ghanaian entrepreneurs to actually be able to supply some mm. of the larger corporates, the multinationals. So when you say cash is king, ask against what? Because there are companies who say, look, we are very profitable. Some people say we have a lot of revenues coming in because we've orders, the billings are great, collections are fine. So if you say cash is king, I want you to elaborate a bit on that. Ask against which other metrics. Okay. So uh, one of the things that I like to talk about is the fact that revenue Mm -hmm. is vanity. Revenue is vanity. Yeah. It means it's meaningless. So, so it, 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 it's it's a, it's a, it's almost like a mirage. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a good number. It's a good indicator. Profit is sanity. You're getting closer to home. You're making money in what you do. Cash is king because no matter how much revenue or profit you make, if it is all stacking, your debtors, for example, or you sent all your money to your suppliers and you don't have funds to meet utility bills, the tax man pay your employees. I mean, what are you doing? So at any point in time, there must be cash flowing through your business. Bread in hand is going to in the bush. Exactly. To meet your short-term needs. And I think it's a good point that we can dwell on for a moment because, Mm -hmm. you know, we also have a tendency to invest a lot in fixed assets. And sometimes in fixed assets that actually are not generating any cash flow for you immediately. Buy land. Maybe you need land in 10 years' time. Mm -hmm. You've gone to buy it now. You've locked up your money but you've sucked money from your business. It wasn't, if it's free cash flow, it's fine. That means that you've already catered for your short-term needs. You've got excess funds. You have options of where to invest. You've chosen to invest in land. That's okay. But if you are sucking your short-term funding to invest in capital um, items, which will not bring you an immediate return, before long, you will have all the infrastructure, but you won't have a business running. We, I, I need to dwell on this. Let me just tell people. This is the uh, City Business Festival. We're talking how do you survive and thrive in a crisis as a business using what we call business continuity or keeping your business alive. Guest is Grace Nin Yaboa, Director for Business Banking 
for APSA Bank, who are our major sponsor. And she's basically saying leadership is the first thing. You need to learn to pivot and re-strategize, identify opportunities. And she's saying cash flow management is key. Very interesting poem. You said revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, but cash is king. Okay. And I was asking us against what? So talk to me about cash flow management. You said one thing about don't lock your money in assets that are hard that you can't easily convert to cash when you need it. So that's like the first principle. Right. What else do I need to know about cash flow management? Okay. So there are two aspects to, to your cash flow. There's the inflows and the outflows. Mm-hmm. The inflows are your clients paying you. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you had a model where you were selling on credit. Mm-hmm. Are you able to give discounts so you can c- recover your money quicker? Or can you even switch to prepaid? It's also part of pivoting. Mm. Uh, what value are you giving to your clients to encourage them nice. to pay you? Mm. And then the avenues through which you collect your money. In the past, you could count all this money in bags. But now with COVID, nobody might want to do that. Are you in a situation where they can pay you electronically? Mm. Can they do a transfer into your bank account? Or can they do a transfer into your into your wallet? You know, what wow. other avenues are you opening up for your customers to pay you because what that does is that you give your customers convenience number one number two you attract other customers who were not your clients before Mm. so you might have opportunities to even increase your sales and therefore increase your cash flow also on your outflows you've got suppliers you pay you've got rents you've got the tax man you've got utilities now can you have arrangements with your suppliers for example this is a global crisis and it's something nobody planned for could you have arrangements where your suppliers can give you some days of credit so you don't have to pay them as quickly and therefore your short-term cash is better managed can you have arrangements where if you paid earlier you got a discount so you made some savings that you could plow back into your business inflows reducing the outflows even if it means giving a discount to the person who's paying immediately because ten thousand next week versus eight thousand today 8,000 today is much better because we don't know where we are going. I think this makes a lot of sense to me. And then you said Mumu. So again, if if somebody is going to pay me cash, I have to go and check whatever. Versus somebody sends me Mumu. In this crisis period, it may make more sense to get it direct, right? Absolutely. It Mm. makes more sense to receive it through electronic avenues and you would have immediate notification. You could easily use a digital channel to transfer it into your bank account and continue to make your other transactions, including paying your employees. So if you're accounting cash for your employees when you're paying their salaries, how about transferring it to them electronically? You know, remember we talked about leadership. So how you do these things will also let your employees know you're thinking about them, you're thinking about their safety as well. And then I'll segue into... Uh, digital transformation but it looks as if one of the things a lot of companies are doing is they're laying people off or they are sort of coming up with different things some call it a fellow give you some leave of absence let some is that also part of what an SME should be thinking of doing because typically you know you have already said there are three groups there's the micro zero to five there's the small six to twenty nine the medium whatever so for smaller companies would they also have to start thinking about that because for many companies um, salaries seem to be a, a very d- big item on their cash flow issues. It's a big item and it's a very sensitive question at, the ta- at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, a- a- and I, I personally think that it, it's also a function of the business you're running. Is it a business that can continue operating during this time? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're, you're running a school mm-hmm. and, and school is not in session, mm-hmm. 
and you haven't been able to pivot to provide the service electronically so parents can continue paying, what do you do? Hmm. Practically. That is the question. You understand? If you are operating in a sector where you, 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 you've, you've been able to pivot into production of face masks, you probably even need more hands, you know, than before. But how are you pushing out your goods so that you're getting your money back? What engagement, what networks are you having? Which entities are you supplying to? Because some factories are working. So how are you making arrangements, brokering arrangements such that you can be the one that's supplying them face masks so your business can continue to run? Where you have to buckle down and wait the storm, you may have to make some pragmatic decisions. And those decisions don't come easy. And that is why the whole digitization conversation is important. Mm -hmm. Also because it will help you build efficiency into your business. Mm. And it gives you scale. Also, for the salary piece, most employees, it's an opportunity to begin to retool, reskill, mm. upskill, mm. to be able to do other things apart from whatever your existing service was. So if you're a teacher in a school and it's going digital, how digital savvy are you? Can you quickly learn and position yourself? After all, how many hours of teaching happens in a day? You can position yourself strategically and even be teaching for three or four schools and making more money. As so digital is a home. key part of the surviving and thriving a crisis conversation. It is critical. Mm. People talk about agile. I've heard that word a lot. What's that? It's like, it's because, you know, we like a lot of buzzwords. Okay, so pivot, agile, this, that and that. I'm very suspicious of such things. So what is it? I've, I've heard it. I think you use that word again or somebody used that. Agile, agility, being whatever. <laughs> For the record, I didn't use agile. Okay. I knew you'd pick on it. Okay. <laughs> But, but um, so I think it just speaks to our ability to adapt. Okay. I know the agile terminology refers to how projects are handled in, in iterations, yes. in smaller bits, yes. rather than waiting for the large, big, yeah. you know, thing to happen. But I think when we relate it to the crisis situation, mm-hmm. it's more about how quickly we can adapt to the changing situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. We like to give high fives, shake and snap hands. Mm. And now suddenly with Corona, we can't shake hands. Mm-hmm. We can't hug. How quickly, how easy is it to adjust? Think about social distancing. All of a sudden, we are so communal, but now we can't stand closely together anymore. Mm-hmm. We've got to find alternative ways. You've got to rotate the hour staff work from home versus working from the office just so that you can maintain social distancing and reduce mm-hmm. the risk of infection mm. you know because you know you know some people can be carrying the virus but they themselves don't know so all those things come in so the ability i think the easiest way for me is adaptability that's the word to use let's end with what you're doing for small businesses the government has started some covid alleviation alleviation package, package and they're giving loans and some of the loans are the tenor is much longer and the rate is much lower and things like that What's your organization or your unit doing within this period for the small businesses? Thank you, Bernard. Um, And we're very supportive of the government's initiative Mm -hmm. and um, working on that. But also for APSA Bank, what we have done, you know, we're the only bank that does unsecured financing to the tune of 500,000 CDs. No collateral, no financials. For our customers, we believe so much in the local economy that we have chosen to take that calculated risk. And it is a risk. 
you know, but we've chosen that because we believe SMEs are the engine of growth for the economy. And so we're working with them and providing that intentional support. Mm -hmm. Now on that, you know, once COVID happened, what we did as a bank was to reduce our interest rates on that unsecured lending by 2%. You know, so we have done that on the unsecured, and it's across board. You didn't even have to apply for it. Every client who was on our unsecured portfolio benefited from a 2% reduction in interest rates. Beyond that as well, we've also provided moratorium um, for our customers who have been impacted. So ranging anywhere from three to six months moratorium on uh, principal repayments and also even on interest repayments in the cases where it's relevant. And we've done that for hundreds of our customers. Finally, what's your outlook? How optimistic, what's your, we are in June or entering, yeah, we are in June. What what are you, what's your, what's your feeling? How long are we going to be in this, this crazy thing? (laughs) Okay. You know, what are your models predicting? Now, I'm not talking just health. Because don't forget, COVID, I think COVID is four things. It's health, it's social, it's economic, and then it's politics. Okay, so I'm taking out the health. Just on the economic and social part, what can you say? Some people say this is the biggest we've seen since the Great Depression and all that. So (laughs) just talk to me a bit about what your own, you know, prognosis for, for the economy post-COVID. So, so Bernard, if you recall, I mean, our finance minister even shared with us how our outlook mm-hmm. on GDP growth mm-hmm. has, has changed yeah. significantly, you know, dropped by a whopping 4 to 5% from 68 to a little above 2%. So mm-hmm. that, that should tell you the size. And that's, that's um, uh, a, a profound impact. On the economy, I think the 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 impact of this this um, pandemic is going to be very far-reaching, honestly, and um, it will pass. Uh, but in its wake, it will take us some time to really recover as as an economy and even as a global economy. The the impact is quite significant. Okay, it's better to hear the truth than to hear somebody give you. Uh, uh, flattery so i'll take it like that thank you very much uh, grace enim she's the director for business banking for apsa bank they happen to be our lead sponsor for the city business festival this week we've been talking about covid pandemic and how your business can survive there's a lot more happening stay with us this is ctfm